We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? This is Dalton Trigg, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Galatson, and the head of the snake over at DallasBasketball.com, Mike Fisher. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Mavs Nuggets. Uh, we're going to talk about this upcoming tough stretch of game. And we have a new pipe dream uh, that I'm going to introduce. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the first big pipe dream since the, the Giannis stuff that kind of kind of blew up and didn't go the way uh, we wanted it to. But uh, a lot of good stuff today. Tune in. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does. He is. He is. And the Mavericks have won the game. Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn. And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Well, first things first, guys. It's Mavs Nuggets. It didn't go the way we wanted it to last time. The Mavs played in Denver the last time. It was a 31-point loss. The high score of the game was Luka with 16 points. The second highest score was Trey Burke, which lets you know just how bad of a blowout it was. Uh, he scored 11 points in that game. Uh, but the Mavs, they've been playing much better basketball uh, as of late, especially against teams that they're supposed to beat. The offense looks a little bit better now. Luka seems to be finding his groove. Him and Dorian Finney-Smith are shooting better from three. Uh, overall, things are looking up, but the, the elephant in the room is that the Mavs, despite being eight and four, they have yet to get uh, a win versus a really good team. And tonight is going to be an up, another opportunity for them to do that. They're currently fourth in the West. Uh, the Nuggets are nine and four. They're one spot above them in the Western Conference standings. And, I mean, it's, it's another chance for them to prove something. So, uh, Matt, I'll get your thoughts here in just a second, but – our guest here today, Fish, who's with us every now and then. I want to see, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup, this second matchup with the Nuggets, and uh, how you think the Mavs might, you know, could flip the script tonight. Yeah, I don't think your uh, your Luca and your Trey Burke numbers are going to be repeated. That's an easy bet. <laughs> I also think, and this is the homer in me, I guess. I think you have to. I, I don't think we should re overreact to. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody yet. First of all, you know it's. It's the middle of November, so they, they can only beat who they can beat. Second of all, um, they they have played teams – like, for instance, doesn't Atlanta have a bad record? Yes, so they've been very we disappointing. Count, we, we count that as, oh, that, you know, they lost to a bad team. No, no, they lost to a good team. The good team just has a bad record. And if you've suffered through 
decades of Mavericks basketball the way many of us have, you don't you don't look down on being tied for third in the West in the middle of November. There's zero bad about it. Um, I want more, and I want signature wins. Now, Denver tonight, that, that, that could constitute a signature win, if you guys believe in such things, do you? Yeah, where, where yeah, I, the, I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's where not just the public goes, oh, okay, there's one, but the locker room says, okay, we can hang our hat on that one. And, and that, to me, adds to the importance of Denver's visit tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you can get a win over a team that's above you in the standings currently, and they have the reigning MVP in Nikola Jokic, uh, which we'll, we have some more stuff we'll get to on him a little bit later in this pod. But anytime you can do that, I mean, that's that's nothing to uh, sell yourself short on. So, uh, and then again, you know, they lost by thirty-one the first time they played them. So there should be a little bit of extra motivation behind this one from the math side of it, uh, just from a pride perspective, and. They played a lot better at home this year too, which wasn't a trend, you know, the last two years. The, they they had like double digit, uh, double digit number of more road wins over the last two years than they have home wins, which is crazy. So it's good that they're playing better at home this year. Matt, what are you looking forward to tonight? Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to see if uh, Reggie Bullock gets a little bit more playing time. If if Dwight Powell gets a little less playing time, that's kind of something that we've been harping on all season long. Um, but it's you know it's it's really just for me it's it's measuring up to that competition. Um, you know you want to play good against good teams, um, but like Fish said, it's 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 still you know it's early in the season. It's there's still a lot of things in flux, and the result, whether or not the result you know ends up being in the Mavs' favor or tonight or not, um, I don't think that matters as much as how how they play. Um, you know, I, you want to see them come out and just compete with with a good team. Um, and personally, you know, I I don't I don't think it's going to be a repeat of last time. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think Luke is a little bit more comfortable. I think Reggie Bullock is a little bit more comfortable. I think everybody's a little bit more comfortable now that they've played a few games together. And, and that's sort of what another thing that we've been talking about all season is just kind of the chemistry of everything that's been going on. And it's start, it look it's starting to look like it's getting a lot better, which is encouraging. Yeah, and I mean, look, the, the last time the Mavs and Nuggets played, they didn't have Porzingis. He he was out with his back tightness issue. They have him back in this one. Uh, it's almost, and maybe it was just coincidence, but I feel like in that last win over San Antonio, uh, it, maybe it was like a eureka moment for Jason Kidd and Dwight Powell because he had his season low of minutes played, 16 minutes, and it resulted in the Mavs getting their first comfortable win of the year. Everything <laughs> else had been – you know, grind out, make you stressed all the way to the end, but not 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 in that case against San Antonio. So that was good to see. They played KP more at the five, which, you know, we're all big fans of. We think that spaces the floor a lot better for Luca, uh, makes things a lot easier on him. So maybe that was a turning point. And I don't I don't expect them to change the starting lineup right now because, you know, the, the Mavs can be pretty hard headed about that kind of stuff. Uh, at least until Maxi Kleba gets back. Now, when he gets back, I could see something happening there. But maybe it's gotten to the point now to where Dwight just won't play as many minutes, and they they'll start using KP more at the five, and it'll make things a little bit easier that way. So, and I, I, I mean, I wish they would change up the lineup at least for tonight's game because you know Dwight Powell trying to guard Jokic is not is not going to work. <laughs> 
no. for this team. So even if he starts, I feel like that's going to be like a sub within the first two to three minutes. <laughs> if, if, they, if Jason Kidd thinks that there's something chemistry-wise to starting Dwight Powell, uh, and maybe lately there has been, then that's fine. But you're, I, I think you're right about the minutes. And um, the stubbornness is the best uh, reason we have for it because we don't have very many other ones. And what sucks about this is this sounds like when we talk about this, it sounds like we don't like Dwight Powell. I, yeah, I think Dwight Powell not is, the case. is terrific in a million ways, just not as the starting center on the third best team in the West. That's all. Um, yeah. I also think, and this dates back to Nelly's early days, uh, there's this attraction to, oh, we're going to take this seven foot three guy and we're going to play him at a six foot five position, or we're going to do. Just play the seven foot three guy at the seven foot three position. Yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> and utilize your best two players. That's the yeah. thing. You know, instead of instead of just force feeding it to KP in the post and him turning around over smaller players or even bigger players and taking bad fadeaway shots, utilize your best two players, just like in the San Antonio game. Right. Uh half of Luca's assists were were to KP in the last game. They were running pick and rolls all night and it was working. Like Make the the defense work as hard as they possibly can to try and stop you because when you have Luca and KP playing off of each other like that, it's like you know, I mean, it, it's hard for people to defend. So, and given San Antonio, their big depth was awful, so that was something they took advantage of. But I mean, still, I, I would rather have that than than posting up KP multiple times a night and him taking bad quality shots. It's amazing what happens when you utilize your two best players the way they're supposed to be utilized. <laughs> right. The way that they were envisioned to be used together. See, and I, uh, I think there's a place to get cute. Uh, the Cowboys on Sunday in their blowout win over the Falcons took offensive lineman Connor McGovern, who's been getting three snaps a game at fullback, and they had him line out at wide rec- line up at wide receiver. And it worked. <laughs> they threw the ball to the CD line. So that's cute, um, but I almost think sometimes coaches do it because they're bored or to amuse, you know, so we can have some locker room fun. How did that make the Cowboys better on that play? How did it possibly make them better? And so the same thing here. Um, I, you know, Chris Weber bringing the ball up the floor, it's cute. Was it really smart? <laughs> did, did, it, did it really make, make, uh, Chris Weber better or Don Nelson's teams better or whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm do minute bowl shooting threes. That was hysterical. It was a terrible idea. It was just fun. And so I, I want Jason Kidd and Dwight Powell and Chris Huffspringers to have fun, like, you know, uh, playing pinball or at the bowling alley and then go win basketball games in conventional ways. That'd be fine by me. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's nothing against, Dwight Powell no. at all. He's he's a good player in moderation. You he's know, also he, a friend of the show. Dwight yeah, Powell. he's a yeah. friend of DallasBasketball.com. Yeah, I mean he he's a good player in moderation, and he 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 does have some chemistry with Luca, and they've connected on some really nice lobs, and you know he's always playing with high energy. But I just feel like when it gets to a point where things feel clunky in the offense, that's when they need to pull the plug and go with KP at the five and free things up a little bit more you know don't don't keep trying to push forward with that and you know a round peg into a square hole kind of deal you know uh, that 
as long as they can realize it early and make the adjustment and, you know, go from there, they'll be fine. I just, I don't want them to just, just force it. So. Right. Um, Dwight Powell is good in moderation, meaning Dwight Powell is better utilized as a reserve player coming off the bench for energy. I don't think he's a starting caliber NBA player. I don't think, I mean, he, maybe he was before his injury, but he's obviously not the same player that he was. He doesn't have the same bounce. And that was the best part of his game was the, which is saying something because he's still kind of bouncy. <laughs> right. He used to be almost Blake Griffin level bouncy. That's how that's how athletic he was and how how high he could get up there. He's not that anymore and it it, it takes away the biggest strength of his game. He he's a good leader in the locker room. He's a good, you know, bench reserve player, but the the stubbornness of keeping him in the starting lineup when other things obviously work better is is I think what frustrates most people about the whole situation. And like I said, I mean, the start to this season, if just from watching the games, now you can look at the people that haven't been watching most of the games, they're looking at the stands like, oh, Mavs, they've gotten off to a really great start to this season. And they have, you know, overall. But just from watching the games, if you look at the, the record, it's like, oh, man, this team's eight and four. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, given the early games, I mean, that's a great sign to me. And we're going to. And we're going to learn something about this team very quick uh, through the end of November because their upcoming schedule, they've, they've got the Nuggets tonight. Then they go on a four-game road trip. They play the Suns in Phoenix back-to-back. Uh, not an actual back-to-back, but, you know, back-to-back games. Then they go to L.A. and play the Clippers two times in a row. And then they finish off the month by taking on the Wizards, who are currently first in the East, and the Cavaliers, who have surprised everybody this season, and they're fourth in the East. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty brutal stretch to end the month of November, but uh, we're going to find out exactly how much character this team has and how good this team really is, you know, by the end of this month, especially if now, KP stays healthy. For now, you have four choices on how to look at the beginning of this season. There's four things you can be. You can be great with a great record, great with a bad record, bad with a great record, or bad with a bad record. Which do you want? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the Mavericks are a good team with a good record or a mediocre team with a great record or something like that. And by the time you add it up, uh, especially if you buy a little bit of what Jason Kidd is selling when he says, you know, let the oatmeal cook. And we've made some fun of that. But he, he's right. It's brand new. He just got here. Uh, let's give them some time to develop and if they accidentally win some games along the way to development, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it from the beginning, you know, that, that was a, that was a fun comment. We, we had some fun with, and I, yeah. I wrote a piece about it and everything. And, you know, the only thing about the oatmeal quote is I didn't think Dwight Powell needed to be a part of that, uh that starting recipe, but you know, he is right. I mean, Anytime you have new pieces, and not just on the roster, but in the organization, you have a new GM, new right. head coach, uh, guy. You know he's not as used to this roster as what Rick Carlisle was, so he still has to figure out some things as well. I mean, it, it made sense to give it some time. So, uh, despite how clunky things were early, I'm really optimistic because they have forged through all of that, and they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. And they're eight and four. And even in that last game against the Bulls, that was their last big test. They still lost. But, you know, there was a moment through the second quarter where they were up seven and they were playing 
extremely well. And then, you know, a couple things happened with the substitution patterns and it kind of fell apart before halftime and they couldn't recover. So I do this because Dolphins that much closer to owing me money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a we had a friendly wager on uh Mavs and Bulls and the head to head record and the overall record, and I'm currently down one oh in that department. <laughs> so we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm optimistic about it. And, look, I know this is early. We're going to jump into our next topic here. And I know Matt is already cringing because I gave him a heads up on what we're going to talk about. But another thing that I always think about, especially when the Mavs play the Nuggets, is the relationship between Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And I don't think people realize just how close Jokic is uh, – unrestricted free agency is because he doesn't have a player option on his current contract. He's got this season and he's got next season. And then he's an unrestricted free agent. So this upcoming off season, he'll have a chance to sign a Supermax extension, just like Giannis did uh, not too long ago. So it's kind of the same situation. We were on the Giannis stuff way before this point. Uh, and the reason, I mean, I'm normally all over pipe dream stuff, but the whiplash from the Giannis stuff kind of kind of drained me a little bit. So I've, I've tried to hold off as long as I can. But I think this is the next big Mavs pipe dream that I'm going to start investing in. Because unlike Giannis, you know, we wanted Luca and Giannis to have like this buddy-buddy relationship behind the scenes and all that. But in all reality, that's just not who Giannis is. I mean, he's nice to some people. But in all reality, he keeps to himself and, you know, he wanted to stay in Milwaukee and it turned out well for him. So I look at Jokic and I look at Doncic and they're rubbing shoulders at the All-Star Games the last two years. They're always sitting with each other on the bus rides. They're taking pictures with just them two in their All-Star jerseys and everything. Uh, In the bubble, you know, Jokic was with Luka and Boban (laughs) eating dinner together. 
So I feel like if we're going to pipe dream something of that level, that's probably where, you know, that's probably where we need to start as far as relationship stuff goes. And Matt, I know you have a take on, you know, the relationship stuff. You don't think it matters as much uh, with some of these guys as it would with like, you know, clutch clients. But I think it's something to look forward to. And look, if Jokic does not sign a max extension this offseason uh, and you have KP, who's likely going to be a unrestricted free agent in 2023 as well, I mean, maybe you can work out a sign and trade. So, I mean, what are your initial thoughts on this before I lay out my, uh, my deal that I would like to see before we get to free agency? All right, I think we should let Fish go first because my <laughs> unbridled <laughs> – Pessimism is going okay. to bring everyone, and then Dalton's unbridled optimism is going to bring the, everyone. The pessimism, <laughs> the pessimism has been earned. Yeah. Um, DallasBasketball.com, uh, starting with David Lord, this goes back 22 years, have been doing the the Mavericks offseason pipe dream. Uh, and it's always been extremely well researched, written, uh, all of it, but it never really quite happens. And literally has never, right? Never. Yeah, has never happened. Um, <laughs> Which makes you think at some point, y'all, I mean. That's one way to look at it. Yes. If if the sun, where does the sun set in the West? Yeah. Right in the east. <laughs> if the sun <laughs> never sets in the East, Dalton, you could say, well, hey, it's got to happen someday. That would be one way of looking at it. <laughs> or the other way of looking at it is, is uh it is truly your way realistically that the odds are if you keep hammering away, if you, if you keep swinging that ax in three, eventually you're going to take a chunk out of it. And Mark Cuban and whoever have been taking 22 years with the swings of the ax. I, the, the reason I understand Matt's skepticism here, therefore based on what we said, but five, three guys on a banana boat is how this league runs. So why can't what all Luca needs to be made to understand is if you want to win a championship, get yourself a banana boat. Okay. Um, my take on that is who, first of all, who was on that banana boat? Were Man, they all clients it. of the same agency? But, but it was, but who was on the boat? Paul, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. I believe so. Yeah. How many of those guys ended up on the same team together? Well, two of them are on the same team right now. But that's uh, you know, given years later. But <laughs> I mean, Wade and Bosch, I mean Wade and uh, LeBron were already on the same team. Yeah, but so that's the, but that point, super team. You've got to be in the same club, right? Yeah, it increases your chances. Look, I'm I'm not saying that stuff doesn't help. It surely it helps more than it hurts. It's I'm I'm not trying to say that it doesn't it doesn't help. And and we saw it this past off season with uh with Jimmy Butler and and uh, Kyle Lowry. Yep. Best friends ended up on the same team. I just I don't think it's as big of a factor as people make it out to be. Okay. I, th- then, I think it's I think then it, what does do it? Well, money is what <laughs> is what drives the NBA. And okay. if, if but the Mavericks, I, I just, if the Mavericks have offered up for us a super max super max extension, what are the odds that he's gonna turn that yeah. down? And that's Not a good so. that's a good point too, because I don't think we've had a like a legit superstar player turned down a supermax contract yet. 
you know, the Mavs, the Mavs could give a regular max contract, but you know, those super maxes are so far out there that it's just, it's really hard for guys unless, unless they're just in a, a sinking situation with their current franchises, you know, it's hard to envision them turning down that kind of money. So if we're, which franchise also do you want to play for? Do you want to play for a franchise where there's constantly controversy every off season? There's something else. There's a, there's a sexual misconduct scandal. There's a, a media writer getting in trouble scandal. There's, there's stuff going on everywhere with the Mavericks, or do you want to play for the Nuggets, which is one of the best run organizations in sports? Well, if you're making a pitch. If you're one of these two parties making a pitch, Jokic is making a pitch to Lucas saying, hey, next time you're a free agent, come join me. Well, the the flip side of that is, one, Luka's not even going to sniff unrestricted free agency until, you know, at least two years after when Jokic would. So that's the one hurdle there. The second hurdle is as much as we talk about money, meaning, you know, uh, as much as anything else in the league, what's the second most important thing to people? winning championships and to win a championship you have to have multiple guys multiple the guys so Luca he's already proven he can be a top five player in the league he's done so the last two years all NBA first team uh, for two consecutive years Jokic the same way he just won an MVP and I mean there has been a lot of stuff that's gone wrong in the Mavs organization over the last you know handful of years Matt but overall you know, around the league, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of guys don't have a lot of bad things to say about the Mavs. Everybody, you know, from our perspective, being in it, hearing everything, you know, we cover the team year round. It might be a little bit different, but I feel like the overall feel of the Mavs from outsiders looking in is more positive than what we want to believe. Okay. My counter argument to your multiple V guys is which roster is better? Well, I think if you add Jokic to the mix in Dallas, I think that roster is just fine, to be completely honest with you. Why why would Jokic want to leave a team with Jamal Murray and and Michael Porter Jr. and all the guys that they have on the roster to come to Dallas when he's just – he would be just as close to winning a championship there as he would be in Dallas probably. Let me say this about Matt's Matt's cynicism. Here's where I have to support it. God bless Mark Cuban and God bless uh, Merry Christmas to all. They can't even get <laughs> Goran Dragic here. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's the easiest acquisition in NBA history, and they can't get it done. Now I'm kind of poking fun. I, obviously, there's actual reasons, but yeah. the, he doesn't even play in Toronto. He's persona non grata in Toronto. He sits down there. He probably just wear. I guess he just wears a suit. I don't know what he does in Toronto. They don't even want him. He doesn't want them. He's not expensive. The cost to get him would not be prohibitive in terms of a trade. And they can't even get Goran Dragic here. Well, and that's Luka's the thing. brother. <laughs> and that's the thing with Dragic. I mean, he is technically expensive because it, the, the 19 million people have to put. But it wouldn't be expensive for the Mavs specifically you know they're they're like the only team in the league that could throw together a package that wouldn't be giving up too much to trade for that 19 million expiring so i I agree with you there that's i don't understand why that hasn't happened yet they're just determined to wait on a buyout monday morning on dallasbasketball.com 
I'm afraid that he's going to go back to Miami. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he really might. Possibility at this point that is, is it of him coming to Dallas. But my, my other thing here is I'm not going to be the guy that is saying, well, they never signed the big free agent. But I am also going to kind of be that guy until, until they can – have a better offseason than signing Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, which frankly is probably their best offseason in the last three or four years. What hope do we have that they're going to make some big offseason blockbuster deal with, with Denver to get one of the top five players in the league with an inexperienced GM who's never made a big trade? And, and, and might, hey, look, pulling all the strings and not wanting to spend money probably because he's cheap. And they might not, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at upcoming free agents that, you know, uh, if they have a chance to sign an extension and they don't sign it, like look at Jalen Brown in uh, Boston, you know, look, look at some of these other guys that could potentially be unrestricted free agency and in unrestricted free agents in the upcoming uh, near future, you know, next couple of years, who would you have more confidence about the Mavs taking a big swing at and potentially getting if they're on the unrestricted free agency market, a guy like Jalen Brown or a guy like Nikola Jokic, who, yeah, he does have a better team currently in uh, Denver, even though the records right now, it only shows it's, shows it's a half a game difference in the standings. But who would you have more confidence in the Mavs going after? Jokic or a guy like Jalen Brown, who has absolutely no connections to Luka whatsoever? That's all, that's all I'm saying. I love Probably your... someone like Harrison Barnes, who doesn't deserve a max contract, but the Mavs are going to give one anyway. I, I love your, your pipe dream. <laughs> Just just make sure we're framing it as a pipe dream, like we always do. Which I always do. Right. <laughs> I probably gotta, use that I word mean, more than anybody. All the way to, I, was trying, I almost put this in the story that I was trying to make sure my memory was right. But remember Joe Smith? Yes. It started there. And the Mavericks, 19, this is whatever, 2000 or something. And the Mavericks got all the employees and they all went to the airport <laughs> they all lined up uh, down a pathway. At, uh, Joe Smith. Yeah. Joe Smith. And and then every single Joe Smith and above since then does not end up here. And my my, my out, easy out is that well Los Angeles. Uh, I really I believe that when you sign with the Lakers, there's an understanding. You get to you get to live in Malibu, helicopter to practice. And you get to be a movie producer, which means you don't have to do anything. You make money. So maybe that's hard to catch up with. But then Miami, which had never been a destination city before, all of a sudden now South Beach. But nobody ever cared about it before LeBron went there. But that 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 changed them. Um, maybe Brooklyn will be this. I don't know. The New York Knicks have never quite been that. But that's what separates the Mavericks from the Lakers. Now, why is there... Why can't the Mavericks get up and over the next level? What What is so attractive about Phoenix or Denver or Boston or uh, any of the other places? Well, one thing is they, they took drafting a whole lot more seriously over the last handful yeah. of years, too. So they have a lot of, lot more homegrown talent in those situations, too, is, is one big thing. So I have, I have a conspiracy theory about this, too. And I think I mentioned this on a previous pod. I'm convinced that players around the NBA don't like Mark Cuban. Mm. 
And maybe that's the case, but they're not vocal about that if that's the case. He can't get out of his own way with the things that he says, first of all. He says stuff to people like Russell Westbrook, about people like Russell Westbrook, who, you know, I don't care what what fans think about him. Other players around the NBA like Russell Westbrook. It's obvious. I mean, he look at the whole hoopla with him going to the Lakers, even though he kind of sucks now. Everybody's excited to have Russell. Um, he's the kind of owner that I don't think a want of players want. Nobody wants to hang out with you, Mark. The players don't want to hang out with him. They want it. They want an owner like Hey Chandler Parsons did. Well, and look how that works. Out. <laughs> but they want an owner like in L.A. or like in in Phoenix or Miami, where they just they're out of the way. They don't try and go to the club with you on a Saturday night. It's he just. I think he kind of rubs players the wrong way. And he may, he may do great things for his players. I mean, look what he did for Delonte West. Look, you know, look what he does for his, the players in his organization with, with all the things that they have access to and all those different kinds of things. But I think he just rubs people the wrong way. And I think that has played something into all of these free agency snafus since he's been in charge. Well, that, I think, yeah. I think that's a, if we're exploring theories, that should be explored. And Mark should explore it for himself. And that would be the hardest thing to do. Once you work for him, you like him. Once you're here, it's good. But uh, I think it's a great theory to say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm a 24-year-old black guy. I, I don't want to go out drinking with a 60-year-old billionaire. <laughs> I, I want to do business with him. I think that's a valid theory. And whether or not it has to do with uh, Mark's personality or whatever, might not even be that. It might just be, he, he's supposed to be over here. It might be the player's view that right. he's supposed to be over here and I'm supposed to be over here. And the twain's not supposed to meet the way it seems to in Dallas. I don't know if I agree with it, but if I'm Mark Cuban and I'm doing a self-examination of the whys, I have to look at that. Yeah. And I mean, it's not just like, like Matt was talking about with the Russell Westbrook comments and, you know, uh, our guy, uh, Kirk Henderson over at Mavs Moneyball over the off season, uh, I think it was before all the front office stuff blew up, but he basically wrote a piece and it was like an entire list of all the misfires, the unforced errors that, uh, that Cuban kind of, you know, he put out. It didn't have to happen that way, but it's just how it happened. And, you know, one of those things was the comments he made on AAU basketball versus, uh, you know, basketball overseas, which, you know, a guy like Bradley Beal, He's very, very deep into AAU stuff in Washington. Right. He runs his own team, right. and he that's one of his passions over there. So, you know, stuff like that you can see. I mean, I agree with Matt there. It can rub people the wrong way. But And, and, and here's the thing. Mark's outspokenness and his colorfulness and all that have obviously helped the Mavericks and, 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 in every way as a franchise, in almost every way as a franchise. But, yes, he does – inject himself into the theater of the NBA and yeah. whether his comments are right or wrong. Matt's point is that's immaterial saying something negative about Russell Westbrook is never going to help you. It didn't help the Mavericks beat Russell Westbrook. No, it, it did not. Do it <laughs> if they ever beat him, it fueled him, <laughs> it fueled him. It made him probably not want to particularly sign here. And yes, it may have made his circle of friends say, yeah, that was weird that the owner of the Mavericks said that about our buddy. That is weird. And so, yeah, um, discretion. 
may be the better part of Mark Cuban ownership value, valor at some point. Yes. And I mean, even, even going back and we'll wrap this thing up here in a second, but just going back to the Jokic thing real quick, it's the same concept that we had with Giannis, you know, it was a pipe dream from the beginning, but even before we started thinking, Oh, well maybe they could just persuade him over uh, in free agency. We were thinking like, okay, well, if he turns down the max extension, which he obviously, obviously didn't, but if he turns it down, then you have a guy on an expiring deal who could potentially leave his current team with nothing. He could just sign with somebody for nothing. So then you get to the point where the current team's like, okay, well, do we trade him and try to maximize value at some point, or do we just let him walk? So that's the biggest hurdle, and it's one that only – I think Kawhi Leonard is the only one I didn't mention earlier. He He's the one – he did turn down a Supermax, and then Toronto took the chance and traded for him, and it resulted in them winning a championship. So – that that was the one situation where it happened. So I don't think <laughs> Kawhi's also kind of a weirdo. So yeah, I mean, you know that that was one. It was a weird situation. But that's the thing. You know, if we get to that point, and for whatever reason, Jokic doesn't sign an extension, then maybe you look into like, okay, well, what happens if the Mavs, if KP keeps playing well, uh, if he starts playing like he did against San Antonio for the rest of this season, you, you know, maybe you can send KP, Jalen Brunson. A uh, young player like Josh Green and a you know first round pick or whatever, whatever that uh, draft compensation needs to be, uh, I think it would be well worth it, and I think it's something to at least monitor for you know the remainder of this season and going into next off season. Now, when he puts pen to paper and Jokic signs that max extension with Denver, then it's just completely over, just like the Giannis stuff was. But until then. You know, I have uh, that's my next big one that I'm gonna I'm gonna have hope for. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be writing a lot about it on on DallasBasketball.com. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that's gonna do it for another episode. Uh, we will be back on here. I'm gonna try to come back on here a couple more times this week because I'm gonna be out from the 19th through the 24th, and I want to cram in as much pod content this week as I possibly can. But uh, Fish, you got anything else for us before we take off here? Love you. <laughs> we love you too, Fish. <laughs> oh, Matt, what about you? No, love y'all too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a love fest over here at the Map Step Back Podcast. Well, all right, guys, look, that's going to do it for another episode. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you've seen it in the bottom right corner of our screen the entire time. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win a free Mavs Step Back t-shirt. Uh, we've been giving out a couple of them every few weeks. Uh, just make sure you put your Twitter at or Instagram at some way for us to get in contact with you. We appreciate it. We will see you very soon. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.